0: Hello, I'm Ian from Scholar Green and I'm joined as normal by... well from Stuttgart? This is the Potter's Podcast. Well, Corona's been destroying everything as usual. Nothing's changed on that front. I think it's going to be till June, they've said. Well, I don't
1: know what's going to be any state of my air by that point. I think we're all going to die by the sounds of it.
0: <laughs> no, that's just a joke. Basically, uh, I'm going to say it again. I keep saying it. Stay indoors and uh, count your toilet roll from what the government's been telling us.
1: Yeah, it's, the thing is, I think we're all in a position now where nobody quite knows what the crackers is, do we? Um And the thing is, nobody nobody can tell you, until it starts going away, we're not going to get away from this situation, are we, so, um, which is unfortunate, but we've all gone mad by then. we started rioting, I think. Well, that's what
0: I mean. There's no sign of football being kicked off. I know they're talking now about uh, playing it in the close season instead of the tournaments, but it's all going to be behind closed doors, which... I still don't think it's going to happen. I think the season's going to be void, I'll be brutally honest with you. Well,
1: which I suppose safe distancing when you need to come in for a challenge. Get back to, <laughs> two <laughs> metres. Let's get the ball off. Yeah,
0: it's going to be like basketball. <laughs> Nobody touch each other. It's, it's going to be one of those. It's crazy, really. But, to be fair, we're going to get people past the blues with a fantastic guest again. Now, this is a quite a big one. This is This is a big reason, a bit of an inspiration for us, because it was the first podcast to come out. Uh, it's david cowl show. i think i said that right i'm yeah, not too yeah. sure <laughs> um, he's he's well, to <laughs> <laughs> he's the but he's another guest for you so you're in for a treat so hello dave how are you today i'm okay how are
2: you guys i think we're
0: okay i think we're getting there i haven't gone mad just yet yeah we've done <laughs> the verge though after a week i mean a <laughs> big question i was asking everybody who wanted to do an interview Has, have you got your toilet rolls yeah we're, I'm,
2: I'm stocked up i should be alright that's the main thing. As Fingers long as you play, right? So we'll
0: go into it then. So, how did you begin? Where did you start being a Stoke fan? What have you got you to started? Well, um, it was my dad's fault. Um, he's he's
2: a Stoke fan. He grew up in in Staffordshire, but um, I was born in Blackpool and have grown up in uh, live in St Anne's, so a, about a ninety mile drive. But because of him, uh, I think my first season ticket I had when I was six. And we just kind of um, used to drive there and back every every game. Um, my grandparents live in Stone, still do, and uh, so we'd go and see them, and then go to the match. And it was just like I was the only kid at my school who supported Stoke, and it was just it was just what we did on Saturdays.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, it must be a bit of a surprise to most people in the area that you support Stoke, really, not a Man United or a Liverpool or an Everton in many ways yeah yeah of course all, all the shirts um,
2: at primary school were Man United and Liverpool uh, there wasn't even any Blackpool shirts until they went in the Premier League so um, yeah it was. I was very much uh, out on my own which you know most most kids hadn't even, uh, even heard of Stoke at that point at that point we were in the third tier and the only time we came across their radar was probably when Liverpool beat us 8-0 that time
0: Oh, I remember that yeah that was a bad day that was uh, so it, when you were growing up and you were coming down and watching obviously season tickets and that who was the player that inspired you the player that you used to love and made you properly be a Stoke fan oh
2: the, that's an easy one that was uh, Peter Thorne without a shadow of oh, a doubt Peter uh, I, I've, written, uh, I've written for our site about uh, how massive he was as a as, as, like, my first proper Stoke hero, um, because whenever we went, he just seemed to score every single week. And he, he, uh, we saw it, I think the first season I probably went to Stoke was the season uh, we won the auto win screen at Wembley, where he, he scored the winner. And he was just like, he just ridiculous, uh, and, you know, finishing ability for that level. And I was absolutely devastated when he went to Cardiff. I thought, I, you know because I had the name on my back of a shirt I wanted to get a number 9 on my shorts as well um, and it, it, it was just kind of really really heartbreaking when he went to Cardiff like Cavanaugh I was gutted about as well but Thorne was like oh I'm just so gutted
0: I know I remember when Kavanagh and Thorne left I was on the verge of cra- crying at that time when Cardiff seemed to take everybody yeah they <laughs> took his two best players and I thought oh no we're not going to go up but then superstar James O'Connor came out of nowhere and yeah to proper took over as my hero so uh, yeah he was fantastic he was James O'Connor was so like we said you've done The Wizards of Jovell you've done it for how many years now is it three years? yeah three
2: or four yeah
0: I've lost track myself to be yeah. honest yeah I, th- I think it's a bit mysterious as you started doing a podcast and we started being crap <laughs>
2: I, yeah, I, 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 I wonder if they're playing it in the dressing room to just as uh, just as moaning at them all the time, and they've lost a bit of uh, confidence in that. But yeah, I, I don't don't think I don't wonder about that. Just since since we started it, I think the first game we talked about was when we beat West Ham two one, uh, sort of last game of uh, one of Mark Hughes' seasons, and you know we looked all right then, and, and then since then it was. Uh, a pretty crap season under Hughes, finish mid table, then relegation being crap in the championship and and you know, fingers crossed we've, we've found the right guy now, but another crap season this season.
0: Well I know yeah. I mean so where did it begin? Where did it all start to where was the Jevil? What how did you become a part of it really?
2: Well um there was a, a blog that, that ran sort of around the time we were good under Hughes, uh, called 4231 Stoke, which a few lads had set up. And uh, I'd wanted to do a podcast for a while because I was, I was really getting into them as a as a thing to listen to. I constantly had one on the go and there, there hadn't been a Stoke podcast uh, for a number of years. And um, I just kind of contacted a few people from that saying, who would like to, who would like to just, you know, have a chat about Stoke and just, uh, you know, even if it's only five people listen to it, that's absolutely fine by me. Um, yeah, so we went into it not really knowing much about kind of uh, recording audio, editing that kind of thing. Um, still don't really. But, so funny, uh, really. You know, <laughs> those, those first those first few were you know quite a bit of a mess, but we've we've eventually got a little bit better at it, and you know it. People still like listening to it, which is which is amazing.
0: Well I mean you're a bit of an inspiration to me about podcasts because like I said I used to, I've watched it, well i watched it, listened to it since the beginning and I've always been a bit of a fan. I like the bits of banter between your mates on that and I mean who's, who would you say is your favourite personality you work with, who's your favourite one?
2: Oh no, that that's like trying to pick the the best of a out. I'm not I'm not really gonna answer that. I mean, uh, Chris <laughs> has been there from the start. Chris Brammer, he's he's a really lo- lovely guy, and he's uh, always uh, down to talk about Stoke. And uh, but we've we've had like a, a rotating sort of cast of a few people. Uh, so Ben Rowley, who's now doing Y uh, YYY Files. Ben Cartwright, uh, Tony Lloyd's uh, just joined it recently. Um, there there will really good mates of mine they're, they're all really really sound guys but I, I like it when we change it up and get you know someone a bit different On like uh, pete smith's been on it a couple of times bunny from duck Mug's been on it a couple of times so it's nice
1: to get that sort of changing oh, sort of perspective of oh, people our listeners have been a lot better when we've had guests on, haven't they? Yeah, we have. We better.
0: had a lot better reviews and stuff when we do have different people on and stuff. Because half the time it's just me and Mark rabbiting on about <laughs> the same thing over and over again. We are crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been there, <laughs> and it's it's hard work at times. So you know, what do you see for the future, of Wizards? Do you think it's going to be that? Do you think it's going to be something you'll be doing for a long time? Do you reckon? Um,
2: well, me personally, well, I, well, I, I said. I was planning to kind of uh, uh, just take a step back from doing it every week, ju- just me personally, and letting other people carry on with it more sort of week by week next season because uh, I'm a teacher, I've started, uh, you know, to kind of experience teacher workload and stuff and kind of wanted to kind of hand it over to someone else properly. But, you know, uh, then this thing happens and. Uh, I've got a lot more free time than I planned on having so um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see it through to the end of the season, whenever the end of season actually is, I don't know uh, but I, I, there's enough people who are, who are still keen to do it and you know still interested in it that it will carry on for a long time I just want uh, people to continue enjoying it so no matter if I'm on it or uh, whoever's on it, I just want uh, it still to be fun to do for whoever does it
0: well, I mean, one one question I got, actually, from a, somebody who listens, was, "What I don't know what you'd ask, because you're the perfect person to ask, is Tom Thrower real? <laughs> oh,
2: dear. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tom, Th- Tom Thrower is a absolutely lovely, lovely bloke, um, but I think people sort of see his tweets, uh, he's so uh, if anyone doesn't know who, who he is, he's a Sussex Stokey on Twitter, he's, a, he's maybe wound a few people up with... Uh, his opinions and stuff and you know there, there are plenty of people on twitter who will wind you up with opinions um but he, he was very sort of defensive of uh nathan jones he's very into his uh, stats and uh, xg and stuff which you know isn't everyone's cup of tea but i don't i don't think he's doing it to wind people up i think he's just uh he's just saying what he honestly thinks which is sometimes a bit out of step with what everyone else thinks
0: well i was going to ask you that what is xg
2: Oh uh, right, so XG, expected goals, it's um, it's basically, I think it's got a, the, the name is a bit rubbish, it's expected goals, who cares about that, it's actual goals you're interested in, it's basically yeah. like um, how good the quality of your chance was, so if you've got a tapping from two yards, that's a better chance than a shot from 40 yards out, so it's just a way of measuring how good your chances were.
0: Oh, I'll be my mind's just melted there to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so when Dave Bramley hit that long distance drive against Luton, that's probably the highest you can get at XG. That's pretty, yeah,
2: that, that very very low XG <laughs> score. I don't think that's yeah. anything we
1: can round to on Sunday. <laughs> is it? it was too far So <laughs> that was terrible XG. That one. <laughs>
0: We'll try to fit it in more often, though. Try to start putting XG in. Yeah, <laughs> great,
2: great gold rubbish XG.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so he, he, like I mean, loads of people think like I. He, he, to be honest, he did wire me up as well when he did his YYY why why team because you must know why. Oh no, no! Tell me, Jarry and Beulah.
2: Did, did Tom? Did he, did he put in Bueller
0: in as well? Yeah, he way put Johnny to... and Bueller in his midfield. <laughs> I was, I was, I've never, I don't think I've been as angry at that with any of the others. It was really infuriating <laughs> me. Oh God, God. God. That,
2: that is classic, Tom. That is
0: classic, Tom. And when he said he striker, I was expecting Carl Lakebourne get put in as well. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Knightly on the ride. You did
1: not mention it on your YYY files, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I did. I mentioned <laughs> it on mine. I goes, I'm not going to do a Tom. I'm not going to annoy everyone. I'm just going to put stars in like people who were good players. But I did get a bit of stick for Carl Oofkins. Yeah,
1: because
0: you had him in the wrong possession. No, because nobody, I don't think any people knew who he was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oofkins no, was class. Yeah, he was. was brilliant. He absolute
0: Oofkin. class. Class player. He, used to, he, had, he was the first player I remember at the club that had a bit of class about him. Yeah.
2: And, and then...
0: Yeah. And then he was
2: Fancy, fancy blonde hair as well. Yeah, he, he it was he, like p- proper continental for uh, a peerless uh, team.
0: Oh, oh no, for a defender, he's probably the best looking defender we've had, really, isn't he? Oh god, yeah. <laughs> he, he played in
1: the Wilco testimonial, I think. I'm sure he did. I'm not. I'm not too sure, but he Is loved I, the area. I'm sure
0: he. I'm sure he played. Yeah, you played for West Brom. He still lived in the area. Mm. But anyway, it's not about me and Carl Ifkins. It's <laughs> about you. Uh, so, I mean, I know you've got another ear pod, uh, podcast as well that you were a part of, which. I still think it's fantastic. I, I really enjoyed listening to everyone, which is, who are you?
2: Yeah, um, the, the real shame about that is uh, we haven't had time to do them for about a year now. Um, so they were really, really fun to do, and I think uh, Ben Cartwright, who uh, sort of, I did them with, Uh, he's got a proper job in radio production now, he produces things for uh, Radio 1 and stuff, so he really knew what he was doing, so he kind of so basically the premise is we go to a different football team and sort of produce a documentary about what's going on there, Uh, so we did a few of them uh, got uh, nominated for a British Podcast Award for it, Um, but yeah, it was just a time thing, he's like so busy at his job, I'm so busy at, at mine, that we haven't had a chance to uh, really uh, get back on that. And it's a shame I would love to do them again because they were really really rewarding because uh, unlike Wizards this was like a properly well-produced uh, you know better, bit of radio almost so uh, yeah I, I re- appreciate saying that because it, it was something that I was really really proud of.
0: It was always fantastic I remember listening to it and it, it, was, it, it was so interesting because it was teams you don't expect Instead of being like the same team as Liverpool, United and all that stuff, you go into places like St. Pauline, and where was one? I think one was in Sco- Queen's Park in Scotland and I think yeah. we went to Blackburn as well. Because that Blackburn one, he had a terrible accent, but he, he spoke, he loved Blackburn and I can't remember his name.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, we, we met this. Uh, you, know, the, you know, the scary spoke at the pub, you know, Blackburn tattoos all up his arm, and uh, I think he was called something like Birdie or something. Birdie, that's he, it, yeah. He had this really thick, impenetrable uh, yeah. East Lancashire accent. Oh, it did. Uh, but yeah, he was fantastic because just the passion with the which he spoke about Blackburn was fantastic.
0: Yeah, well, that's when you're listening to it and he speaks for the first time. He scared me. It's like, oh, God, what's that? <laughs> 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 really got into me. But uh, yeah, so I mean, so that's not dead in the water. There's a chance that that could come back because I I do miss that.
2: Yeah, I hope so. It it depends on uh, Ben really, because you know I I could write one, but uh, he's he's got the sort of audio skills to make it what it was.
0: Well, I mean, I've I've seen all your writing stuff as well. I mean, is that something you're going to carry on in the future?
2: yeah yeah I'm, I'm still I'm still definitely going to keep writing stuff because that's what sort of initially got me into the podcast and stuff was writing for that blog 4231 and writing for Duck and, and places like that I, I still have a it, it's less regular now but whenever I've got a, a few spare hours I, I like to kind of uh, see if there's anything I can uh, find out about or give some opinion on I, I, I've always written stuff so I'm yeah, whether it's just on the website or more stuff for Doc, I definitely still
0: want to write. Yeah, it's fantastic doing stuff like this. I mean, I'm loving social media at the moment, especially with the Stoke fans, because especially now I'm just, like, talking, because this week I've, I've done like five or six interviews, and I'm finding it dead interesting talking. Like I spoke to Harvey today, um, Harvey, Stoke City FC, I think it's called. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, and a fantastic lad, and we had a good chat even after about about things to do online and stuff, and I mean, where do you think this social media is going with the fans? Do you reckon it's a good thing or a bad thing?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's good. Obviously, you're always going to get that, that negative side of it when people usually, you know, from my view, I've, when they've had a few after a stoke came and seen what I consider to be a shit opinion on Twitter, <laughs> I'll be... I'll be you know, first of admit, I should sometimes just leave it. But um, most of the time, I do think it's good. And you're seeing like yourselves, uh, why why was why, Harvey's a uh, YouTube thing. Uh, you know, all these sort of outlets are opening up now. And you've got a lot more sort of variety in what you want to listen to, watch, read about. I think and that's due to social media. I mean, without social media, uh, like Wizards of Drivel wouldn't have happened. I don't think Bear Pit would have happened. In, you know you've got all these places now and like even something like um what's uh, george on twitter when he does those alternative commentaries that they're, they're fantastic as well so i i'm a big fan of it you get to you get to bad reputations uh, social media sometimes fairly but i think just in terms of like stoke fans and having more of a voice you know you've got plenty of places now
0: well, I mean, another thing I want to talk about, like you say about, about social media, and it does have its dark sides. There's no question about that. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who do get, you know, well and truly stuck into it, don't well, they? Some off his back, been a bit sketchy. Hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. People yeah. Moan when you moan, people
1: yeah. moan when you don't moan. Yeah, it's like well,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like yeah, but it's the same man as well. He's like, y- you were too, you weren't harsh enough. Oh, that was too harsh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want to say?
0: <laughs> And, uh, I just I just wanted to think where you think the future of this is going to go because we all know what the football club's like Stoke as a whole, the social media side is really poorly managed in my opinion and I think it has been for a long time but mm. do you think that the club will ever sort of come on board with the fan media? Well yeah, it's interesting because like
2: I know, like, uh, so from Wizard's point of view, we're never going to sort of, we're never going to expect anything from the club in terms of sort of proper interaction with them. I mean, they they promoted a documentary we did about Frank Sue like three or four years ago now, but apart from that, we've not really heard that much from them. Um, I've just been watching a second series of uh, *Subtle Until I Die* today, and it's interesting how in that you've got. I know it's a Netflix thing but it's mixing up uh, like the behind the scenes of the club with they've got Sunderland podcasts on there being interviewed and stuff so um, I think the wise thing to do from a club perspective should be to sort of uh, embrace all this fan media outlet like let players be interviewed by podcasts or uh, you know uh, give or just give them a comment or you know be more involved with them because I'm seeing a lot more clubs do that and I think from a business point of view it's cheaper you don't you, we, we don't need the club to produce its own YouTube channel series podcast blog whatever um, if they got more involved with the fan media I think it'd be better for them in terms of engagement and be better for them in terms of just a business point of view because you've got however many fans who want to do stuff and will do it for free
0: well I, mean, I know what you mean it's like uh funny enough, if you just said that about Sunderland till I die, it's actually on the telly now. <laughs> it's not on, it's just we've paused it, but I didn't even know it was on till now Series 2. So It's quite mysterious I've said that. But uh, I think yeah, I've got a good point. I mean, I think at times when you look at the social media at Stoke and you look at what's being said and what's been done, it's. I can remember a while ago, There was, even though it's not much and it's not nothing great, there was that thing with um, Bojan and Muneza when they were playing I think Connecticut. Guess who, so, yeah. Yeah, guess who, that's it, yeah. And I can remember looking at it going, It's not brilliant, but it's something to just see the how the players react and just seeing mm. a bit of the personalities outside of all, what we only ever see, which is the pitch. And I can remember yeah. the time on Soccer AM. Do you remember that one went on? He was taking the corners and I think he scored on, one on both with both foot. Yeah. But it was brilliant to see Charlie Adam like screaming abuse at him and having a laugh and stuff. And I thought, that's what I want to see things like that.
2: What's yeah, it? and, and it's telling like that. Like the most popular football podcast now will be Peter Crouch, won't it? And yeah. that's because he's he's giving you sort of a behind the scenes sort of insight, and he's telling you a bit more about what these players are actually like as people. I think Charlie Adam was on the most recent one as well, and it was just nice to hear them have a have a kind of you know conversation of sorts. And um, yeah, I think sometimes they they try too hard to sort of. Tow the club line and be official and be serious but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of room for just you know having a bit of a laugh
0: with us well saying that like a bit behind the scenes i want to i want to know the behind the scenes of when you're interviewing these ex-stoke players what you do and all the stoke people you're getting on
2: well, yeah, they, they've been very few and far between uh, since I think uh, the last player we interview we did. I think was Liam Lawrence. Um, so that Liam Lawrence uh, happened just because we'd interviewed Ricardo Fuller. Um, so Ricardo Fuller is obviously the biggest interview we've done. He's he's my favourite Stoke player ever, Rick. He's just you know my absolute hero. Um, and we were trying to get him on for episode 100 for a nice sort of you know celebratory thing um so managed to you know bully enough people into getting his uh phone number uh managed to sort out an interview at this uh, hotel in cheshire um and so we me and chris brammer were waiting there for half an hour waiting there for an hour waiting there for an hour and a half <laughs> 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 and then then a then message him saying oh we're still on then my phone rings. It's uh, I never forget that my phone flashing up Ricardo Fuller calling. Like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Um, but the, the, he'd completely forgotten about it, despite we'd only arranged it the day before. So, you know, he'd he managed to forget in that time. He's a busy but, um, man, though. I think man. about three hours after we'd arrived at this hotel, he turned up and he was limping from a five side game he'd been playing. And he, but yeah, that was the most surreal experience uh, talking to Rick because uh, he was just like he's everything you expect him to be he's just so, so sort of relaxed and honest and uh, and chilled out guy um, but really really funny as well
0: well I mean out of all the inter- people you've interviewed I mean who was the one that sticks in your mind who's, who's the player that you thought well he was just a lovely bloke you know what I mean yeah who was the one who you'd say if you're going to pick one yeah, uh, uh, it'll be Rick, but I think
2: uh, Danny Higginbottom as well. He was the first uh, sort of Stoke player we we spoke to, and uh, he he was uh, just really really honest and down to earth, and uh, really really nice guy. He, he, kept, he had a lot of time for us, and uh, I, I was really nervous because you know I'd never interviewed a player before, but uh, he was really really nice bloke. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's amazing how you done that. I mean, one thing I want to know is is Liam Lawrence. A nice bloke. That's that's what I want to see there with Liam. I don't know if he is or not. I, I, I
2: think he is. Um, he's, I've noticed he's been tweeting a lot more. I think he might be going a bit sort of stir crazy isolation now, but he's doing he's doing a lot more tweeting. I think he is. Yeah. Uh, I like I'd like to think so anyway.
0: That's hope he is. Aren't he's I quite
1: just... good on the radio, to be fair. Yeah. Like, I,
0: don't, I, don't, I don't know if he's arrogant. though. I don't.
1: I don't. I, the I the I, really? Well, not
0: really. I don't. I don't think Mark Wilson is or Danny Collins.
1: Mm. But the thing is, that goes back to what we were just saying about the media side. The divide between the club and the fans' media side. If you look at us, we've not been doing this pod very long, and everybody else who does something involved with media, i.e. a podcast or a vlog, has helped us out. Yes. Yeah. come on. Yeah. Why, why, why. To... Yeah. Everybody, all the fans have helped each other out and come on different shows and stuff. Whereas the club, there is a massive divide between yeah. the two.
0: Yeah. I do, I do think they, they just don't seem to see eye to eye, I mean do, what what do you think of the board at the moment and the well, John Coates and Tony Scholes, what do you think over the last five years, What do you, what's your uh,
2: opinion I find them really hard to read to be honest because I mean I accept from like a financial point of, a point of view, you know the Coates family, whether that's Peter John or whoever, has put money in to buy transfers but they've just been, you know, bad decisions in who we've bought, but I don't know. I find I find skulls such a. I, I don't want to, you know, go overboard in slagging him off, but I look at sort of the business decisions that we've made. I mean, obviously, something like um, the free away travel that's great, but I, I, it's mainly sort of the recruitment side. That's what's cost us over the last five years or so. It's the, the poor recruitment in players and managers, to be honest. And I think we got rid of. Um, Mark Cartwright didn't we and we got a, a new fella in but I, I feel like it's sort of all, all the bad stuff eventually comes back to skulls at some point or another so I mean I, I don't know I'm not a I'm not an expert in that kind of thing but I just think um his sort of fingerprints have, have been on the sort of decline in the last five years and um I'm, I'm sure he's a perfectly reasonable guy and fair play to him he, he does sort of front up to the fans and does uh, does do the Q&A's and stuff and does go on the radio but I, you know I'm just I'm just not convinced that he's you know totally the right man for the job at the moment
0: well I mean if it was up to you what would you do if you were there say you were now John Coates what would you do in the upstairs department to try and change the avenue of the club
2: oh god um I, well the main sort of things obviously like buy better players would be <laughs> would be something to look at but um, I think without knowing too much about that sort of football management style of everyone I think there's there's so much more they can do in terms of like bringing the fans back and and even make more money in a match day. they've eventually installed car payments in the ground after five years of Told you know, card payments will actually make you more money. And I think the last fans' council meeting they said, Oh, it turns out we're making more money off of uh, ca- card payments. And that like, Oh, yeah, who knew? Um, but things like uh, having somewhere decent to stop and have a beer, yeah, or the yeah. game like I know we've got Delilah's Bar, but people don't want to pay two quid to go in a bar where a pint's four quid anyway, yeah, have, like like what they do at Sunderland to be honest, where when we went to Sunderland for a game, we won 3 1. Uh, like even though they were struggling they had stuff on, they had like uh, stalls for all the fanzines and stuff they had uh, loads and loads of sort of uh, sort of fan zone sort of element and even like small clubs have them so uh, that would uh, help reduce the traffic on a match day if more people stopped and uh, you know were around the ground after the game. I think it's just you know maybe putting a bit more effort into uh, keeping people on the ground spending money rather than just like oh off you go see you later Delilah's bars open Pam please.
0: Yeah I mean we, we spoke to Anne Smith a while ago when because she was on about a month ago now just over a month and uh, I said to her Ange is, is there anything we can do about having a a fan zone? Because, I mean, we went Derby a while ago and there was so much do there. They had a little tent with booze on, that went with music on as well. I think a live band or a live DJ was on. But there was, like, so much selection and food and stuff. And I, I said to her, I said, is there any way you can put this to them to have a bit of a fan zone? And, I mean, she instantly kicked back and went, well, where would it go? And the one thing I still to this day don't understand is why Stoke has got this car park. I don't... Yeah. I d- I don't understand why we've got this giant car park from football, didn't.
1: this is what I was trying to get across to Andrews, Derby didn't actually have a fan zone, all them stalls went around the ground, the same way it could go around all ground, it's not like we need to start digging up off the car park, there's an opportunity to put, they had that little stall that was selling strips, that already had the numbers on, so mm. if, if your child's favourite player was, like, for that sake, it was Rooney, yeah. then they could just grab a Rooney shirt and go straight in the game. They
0: have two stalls and two shops, did not they, on both sides.
1: The club shop on match day is a no-go. Yeah, it is. You can, yeah.
0: You're cute, especially right. nowadays. I mean, you'd be going round the stadium twice, <laughs> wouldn't it, now? <laughs> With the two-meter rule, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, so what? What would you say about? I mean, another thing. I'll quickly say this as well that we talked about Ange. Do you reckon that this? Did the club do enough about the legendary players of the past? I I don't. I don't know to be honest. Um,
2: Like, I I don't know because we've got. I know these sort of uh, Stoke City old boys are are involved in stuff. I know Conroy does a lot of stuff on match days. Um, So. maybe you'd have to ask them but uh, we've got the sort of we've got the uh, bank statue, we've got, a St- a statue uh, got the Stan statue, got the Richie uh, bust and stuff I think that could be incorporated into something like a fans into almost like a sort of club museum kind of element to it I mean uh, this is just me thinking off the top of my head but like the, the whole goal of keeping people around the ground keeping people spending money doing whatever Put something up in like a like a museum, like a a wall of fame, or, or you, you know something like that. Um, I know there's a kind of quite a lot of players, like Frank Sue, for example, who yeah, yeah. Uh, got really interesting stories. But how many kids have heard of them? Um, so that could be something they promote more. Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, I, I said so. It's about it. I said cause I remember I went to Arsenal uh, about three seasons. Well, when was it now? Four or five seasons ago, when we were in the Premier League. And I was amazed at all the history that was around there. Literally everything was around the ground. Like legendary players, legendary managers, Roe Castle, um, Pat Rice was around there, Camp Henry, 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 Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Henry. And, uh, I've always thought to myself, like you know, we've got legendary players like Neil Franklin and Freddie Steele and who were like legends in the Stoke game and we've got no link to them outside yeah. the ground at all. You've got Stanley Matthews, who's right, right in the corner, right out yeah. the way, and you've got Banks, who, for me, is probably in the best place. But it's the only thing.
1: It does look yeah. finished The ground. I, I, I've always thought, if you'd never been Stoke and you walked across the top, by obviously you'd think that there was a ranter car at the bottom of the hill. So it's just the little metal fence, grass, trees. Or there's yeah. not. There's nothing to it. It's still the yeah. same as it was when it was first built. Really, it's not changed much.
2: Um, yeah, they, they don't really put much thought into sort of the 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 look of the stadium or you know the experience of of walking there on a on a match day or stuff. Because Abdul Life was up on the side of the stadium for three years after he'd gotten so yeah, um, <laughs> it just things like that. I
0: know. I ma- imagine if
1: imagine Abdul Life I must think he's an absolute icon, doesn't he? <laughs> well, the thing is that should have been some. If when they changed it, they should have changed it for somebody. who will always stand the test of time with Stokers. Oh. To like a banks or somebody. Or Danny <laughs> Collins. <laughs> just, just somebody somebody who you could always associate with Stokes I tell you,
0: we should have on him, Danny Pugh.
1: What a legend! <laughs> he scored
2: a goal in Switzerland. He now was, all the Stoke players done
0: that. He was a legend, Danny Pugh. <laughs> Uh, right, so we'll move into questions now. This is a bit where we, you always get people a bit. You always get a bit worried about it. Um, oh, yep. hit you up now? Hit you up now? <laughs> right. Um, what would you class as your favourite ever moment of being a Stoke fan? Not, not so much um, game moment, literal moment. Uh, uh,
2: literal moment. Bottle, up, bottle it up and keep it. Um, the moment after Johnny Walters hit the back of net the, for the fourth goal at Wembley. Um, Sort of see our place in the final. I just turned to my dad and said, "Oh, I love football." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I did that after the fifth one. <laughs> Incredible moment, once That the, the semi-final. Incredible day. I don't think. I don't think being a fan when I was growing up, I I, I was just happy to see Stoke get getting the Premier League. But to see him get in a semi-final, win five it's, 0 it's unbelievable. I think the
1: whole day. The whole day was was yeah. Wild really it's
2: completely surreal yeah, yeah.
0: you'd never thought you'd see anything like it would you well, let's be honest uh,
2: yeah I remember just going back to the, the tube and stuff and just the Stoke fans just looking at us like what What? Yeah. what's happened what <laughs> yeah so you did that all the we, time it's 3 we, now, we, is play, is it? we, we could play bloody dog and duck reserves in the FA Cup we'd never win 5 nil. <laughs> so just to save that 5 nil for Wembley it uh, was just utterly mental
0: I know it was an incredible moment once it that was. Have you got any other mentions, like honourable ones, that you think are fantastic? Oh,
2: God, yeah, uh, so many. Uh, Crouch's goal against City, uh, just, yeah, the moment after that. Um, all, all sort of, um, I was so excited when we got in, into the Premier League, and so I was like, I got the sticker book, uh, I bought the uh, FIFA with in the Prem on it, got the little badges on oh, the arm, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. all sort of hype around that. But the moment I knew we made it, Well, there's two moments I knew Stoke had made it. One was um, when uh, we were going Arsenal last day of the season, uh, and uh, a French bloke came up to us and said, uh, uh, "How do you uh, get uh, tickets for Stoke City?" And it was just uh, a French person saying Stoke City. I was like, (laughs) "All right, we've made it now. We're big time." then, when I was on holiday in Greece and a Greek bloke stopped me in the street and went, Peter Crouch! <laughs> I don't know if he thought I was him, but. Um, was he from yeah, Bolton? Just, just that as well. Getting, <laughs> re- getting spotted uh, abroad with your Stoke shirts always just a, a big moment.
0: Was that man from Greece and from, from Bolton <laughs> <or>? <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I, I I, My Greek's not as good as my French, so um, <laughs> I decided to leave that. I, thought, f- I'm
0: like, <laughs> I thought the French was Greek. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I, I know what you mean there. It was a fantastic time, wasn't it? Nah, so, we, we go into the next question. It's a bit, probably a bit easy. I think you've already answered this one. Who is your favourite ever player? Uh,
2: Rick. Uh, so, so many uh, have, have come before and since. Like Thorn was my first hero. Hookstra, I, oh, I loved it. Uh, in more recent years, Arnie Zonzi. I think Ryan Shawcross, when he retires, will probably overtake rick just for the sort of long-term contribution but uh, you just can't top those moments where rick would get the ball sort of edge of the area and you'd be like hang about something's about to happen west it's just an absolute magic
0: well what would you say was his which was its magic moment the moment you like the most
2: oh uh, they, they've been uh, showing that goal against west ham uh on on twitter quite recently that was that's mental, but I think the goal against Villa, just for the sort of importance of the game and stuff, and just how casually he did it, it, was yeah. I think if if I had to
0: keep one moment, it'd be that one against Villa where he turns last and. Oh, yeah, was yeah that amazing the, crowd, but, the crowd were amazing yeah, that day. Yeah, as well. I think it was like a big middle finger to Paddy Power that day, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> it was incredible performance that day, was I, I, I mean, I, I remember what, I was there in the Bolton game, sitting in the AM game. I think which game, this is going to be the one long season. This is. I,
1: still, I still think the West Angle, the commentary makes it. A lot oh, of, it's an incredible it's goal! The brilliant. is brilliant.
0: Let leave three players on the backside and then put it in yeah. the top corner with two movements. Yeah,
1: he just he's just as he puts it in the net, he says, "What a sensational <laughs> goal!" And you think we just don't get that at Stoke North at the top? don't It's, or... it's <laughs>
0: sensational.
1: <laughs> what Stoke? <Stonewall?
0: laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an incredible moments. Yeah, I think I've got it. So uh, we go into the, this is the bit that everybody struggles with. Every single person struggled this question: Who is your worst ever player? Yeah, so worst ever player then.
2: Oh, I think f- Oh, I'm going to say Kevin Vimmer for price tag and just the fact he was utter shit. I mean with um Imbula at least you could sort of tell that there is a decent footballer in there somewhere, even side Abena to an extent, but I think Vimmer I just oh god, I just get these feelings of revulsion whenever I hear his name or see him I'm just yeah vi- probably Vimmer I mean we've had, we've had some more to toy about players don't get me wrong Like some some of the lads you forget about from the third tier like Alan Smart I remember him being all to crap and David yeah. Wells and the players like that um, but I think just for the for the price tag it's Vimmer
0: yeah yeah it's a good shout that's the second shout we've had now for Kevin Vimmer yeah he's a bit of a joke wanting really? he he's attitude as well it
1: doesn't it doesn't Elf, but I mean I've
0: never yeah. heard a team will get, get battered 6 1 and then one of your players goes online and says, Well done Tottenham.
1: Mm. Well the thing is, it's it's only like when um we I mean at the end of the day he was doomed from day one. He signed a player for eighteen million who played four games for Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would go like you unless you were gonna be a whirl beater.
0: Yeah. And oh, we didn't even need a off as well which <laughs> next I know we had Indy and Zuma in but I mean I, I, I impressed you this with Tony Scholes apparently we could have got Delict or Harry uh, Maguire and we got Kevin Vemme oh, and <laughs> brilliant I mean, that makes me feel a
2: little better
0: <laughs> that shows you that when, when they say we made mistakes there's mistakes and mistakes yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I it's
2: like one it. of those stories you always hear about oh um, but he, Berry could have signed Lionel Messi five years ago or something like that yeah. uh, well not five years ago but you know you hear stories of like oh Sheffield United could have signed Maradona as a teenager and you sort of wonder would they be the same player if they'd actually gone to Sheffield United yeah. instead of uh, Barcelona and Napoli but yeah just that that smarts a bit thinking we could have had someone like De Ligt. yeah I know
0: yeah they decided to go with Kevin Rimmer.
1: well Van Dijk we could have got
0: him he was at Salty yeah I know yeah we said he wasn't wasn't worth 8 million
1: yeah
0: Oh dear. <laughs> Javier Pastore, oh yeah, he, he can't play in the pro He's not good enough. No. He's now at Roma and playing for Argentina <laughs> on the ride. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just very frustrated as a Stoke fan. Hey, right, so we're moving to the next bit now. Who is your favourite ever manager? Uh,
2: Pulis. Pulis. Easy one. Be- our best manager, most successful. I know. I know. I got bored of him towards the end, but still, you can't you can't knock what he's done. I think he was I think he was the right man at the right time.
0: And I I think your favourite moment was obviously the semi-final. Yeah, the semi-final, the, the I think
2: I've got three favourite games, I think probably a lot of people's three favourite games, the, the 5-0, the 6-1 against Liverpool and the 2-0 against Man City where we tore them to shreds, I think uh, any one of those games I'd happily uh, watch uh, as, as my kind of final film uh, on this earth if you like, just yeah. one of those three games
0: yeah it's an incredible day United
1: was good as well Lance
0: yeah is. but to be honest Pulis was he's, he's my favourite ever manager. I think to be honest I think he's stoked second in it second best in the history to be honest
1: well he knew the club yeah. didn't he on and off the pitch that's the thing didn't he? he knew what the fans wanted and, and the thing is he was worse I, I still believe that he should have maybe backed him more in the transfer market and given him one more year
0: yeah I know right so now we move on to the other hard part Who's your worst ever manager
2: it's hard because I mean it should be Jones shouldn't it because Jones I know actually actually it's it's not Jones
0: and it's not uh, Rowett who sort of annoyed me a bit as well but Steve Cottrell there we go Arsenal (laughs) (laughs) just a natural born prick (laughs) what the
2: assistant manager's job at Sunderland I ask you
0: please I know to be honest I've never known anything like that Never.
2: Yeah, it's almost perfectly stoke, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I've never known a manager ever leave a second tier job to go become assistant manager at a shit Premier League team.
1: Yeah.
0: It's shocking, isn't it, really? Yeah. But.
1: You can't follow Euzik. Euzik's got me close and Kami, aren't you? No, oh, Cammy.
0: Cammy's, Cammy's What manager there was? He. That's his only justification. He wasn't a manager.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'll always remember it because Nathan Jones walked straight to the booth and when he won that first game, yeah. he clapped and we were like, "No, no, go away! Don't do that!" Cammy, Cammy did that. that.
0: And then Paul, Paul, Hammett did the same thing—the fist pump. Yeah. Cami did that. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> and both funnily <thoroughly> flopped. <laughs> so, I think we were out in that extent. Have you got any any other honourable mentions that we might have forgot about who's um, were, like
2: e- even Hughes, who sort of uh, you know was crap towards the end. At least he gave us some good days. we've been generally all right for managers. I mean, uh, to be honest, half of my Stoke sporting life, two has been the manager. So only mm. the sort of Cotrell Jones. Rowett, who stand out as being particularly crap. I, I really like good John. Um no forwards, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, um, or maybe, uh, I, I mean, Rory Laff had one game in charge this season, didn't he? And he was rubbish. Yeah, Delap,
0: get him out. <laughs> to <a> yeah. <laughs> if he can't throw it, he's open. I'll tell you mine is, though, and I'm, I'm surprised no one's mentioned him yet. You on Boss Camp? <laughs> Oh, but he was good value. He was just funny. He was just a funny guy. I think
2: that's why... I think people just... Uh, yeah, he was a bit He was a bit of a crap manager, but um, I think people just... Uh, I remember being interviewed, um, I think, at Radio Stoke shortly after he joined, and he apologised to the Stoke fans for not waving back when they did a... Uh, Boss can't give us a wave, because he thought that meant wave goodbye, as in, oh, we don't want you anymore. He so he, he got really moody about that. <laughs> no. And he had the whole... Uh,
0: calling a player a shit guy on radio.
2: Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, <laughs> he, he, was just, he was just funny. I, I hated him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll be really honest with you. I absolutely hated him. I mean, that's, that's how I became famous on Praise and Grumble for thanks to the Boss cab when I said I won by buy a key ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, Cotchell's just... He was only here ten minutes, wasn't he, at the yeah. end of the day? Yeah. Um, right, so we'll go into the final bit because it's been a fantastic interview. Um, where do you think the future lies with Stoke? Um, to be honest, I just want to see Stoke play again right now. That's a, that's my that's my goal
2: for the short term is to just uh, see us play football again. But um, I, I've you know touch wood, cross fingers, all the rest of it. Uh, I think Mike O'Neill really really knows what he's doing. I think he's uh, the right guy. Um, so I don't think we'll necessarily challenge for promotion like next season or whenever that happens but I think he's he's the sort of man who's sort of sort he's gradually sorting us out he'll he'll get a long term plan in place and I think he's got enough about him to be a bit like a Pulis in a man management sense uh, in sort of bringing back that sort of identity so I think um, I think the future is bright with Michael O'Neill as for where that leads us I don't I don't I, I i I know the FFP and stuff means like, probably should target promotion sooner rather than later, but I just wanna, like like we have been doing over the last few months, just enjoying watching Stoke play again.
0: I know, yeah, it's, it's horrible at the moment. It's, it's it, without any football, it is. It's getting to everybody, I think. Everybody i spoke to seems to be getting affected by it now, missing the games. Right, so before I let you go, uh, can you tell everybody your handle so they know where to find you know what, what you want to find?
2: so um wizards of dribble on uh twitter and facebook and stuff just search out uh, just search uh, wizards of dribble uh, my own personal uh twitter is at stranded stokey um uh so wizards of Dribble.com is where all our podcast stuff is uh, some really good uh blogs and stuff on that so uh, uh martin cook uh, actual proper historians written some really really good pieces on eric skills and john ritchie that are worth reading um but yeah everything else just uh, search wizards of drivel into whatever social media thing you're on and will probably turn up
0: right cheers for that mate uh, i'll let you go now thanks for that cheers ian right, ta- 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 mate. so if you want to be like david and join us and get yourself on the podcast you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook Obviously, just look for the Potter's podcast. We're on there. You can contact us. There's links to previous podcasts, so you can sit back and enjoy a big roster now. I think we've got over 40-odd podcasts, so if you like it, give us a five-star review. Give us a mention to your friends. Thank you. Turrell.